Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda. And welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Yolanda, today is Valentine's Day. I wonder if Lizzie and Darcy are doing anything special. They could be. In their fictional world. <laughs> Darcy is probably the type of person who, like, says that they're not going to, like, they're not going to get each other gifts. They're not going to do anything major. And then he comes out and he, like, gets, like, this really sentimental, beautiful necklace for Lizzie. And she's like, well, you shouldn't have. Yes. I think Lizzie would be the one to put down those ground rules just because I imagine Darcy is someone who gives great gifts. You're right. Yeah. And I imagine Lizzie as someone who has the potential to give good gifts, but usually gets caught up in her own life and doesn't remember it's Valentine's Day until the day before. And then, like, because Darcy runs the world, he's got, like, dinner reservations at this great place and all the trappings of Valentine's Day romantic date. And she's like, oh, I got you a pocket square. (laughs) He's like, I'll cherish this pocket square. And he puts it, like, amongst the hundred of others of pocket squares he has. For him, it would be bow ties, then. Bow ties. But, like, I like to imagine that for special occasions, he would have matching pocket squares. Uh, yeah, he's a fancy person. He definitely has pocket squares. Sharp dresser, classy guy, good haircut. So we're still in post-Lizzie Bennet wedding script mm-hmm. phase. Yep, we I are. mean, nothing, no news has developed from that. But I've been going through, like, all of their Instagrams trying to see, like, what's been happening, what happened that night. (laughs) And fun fact, on Laura Spencer's Instagram photo of that night, she says it was a surprise table read. Really? Yeah. Which I thought was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So she had (laughs) Ashley Clements, sneaky Ashley Clements, (laughs) conspired and brought all of them together and just was like, boom, here's a screenplay I wrote, Lizzie Bennet Wedding. I can just imagine the the call to action, like, hey, everyone, it's been forever since we've seen each other. Let's all have dinner. And then she's like, surprise, I wrote the Lizzie Bennet wedding and we're all going to read it right now. And it made dinner a lot longer. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, dang it, Ashley, I had plans after this. I had to leave right now. We're going to cancel this. This is traffic. It's LA. We're going to have like a two-hour table read or something. (laughs) Like, Well, let's dive right into... Episode 31, continuing with the sisterhood, Convertible Carpool, written by Margaret Dunlap. We are still at Netherfield, and Lizzie is just wanting to get home already. She knows she's going to be stuck at Netherfield for a while longer, to be determined the date when she'll get to leave, but she wants to get out of there. Lizzie is losing her dang mind living in this mansion full of non-confrontational people. Yeah, you have Jane and Bing who are just so nice and they just, as Lizzie says, they have agreeable offs. Bing hates conflict even more than Jane does. When the two of them are together, it's like an agreeable off. So it's just like this niceness overload for Lizzie and she just wants to break free of that. And she manages to appreciate Darcy for once. Yeah. Because of the fact that he does break that niceness and is more critical. The first time that we hear Lizzie say a nice thing about Darcy, it's not even like a compliment. It's her talking about his confrontational tendencies, but she appreciates it because everyone is just so happy and smiley and nice. It's weird 
how Lizzie needs this cynicism in her life. Like, she needs something to be going wrong in order to feel comfortable. Yeah, which in her own house is always Lydia's doing something or Mrs. Bennet is doing something to make her feel angry or annoyed or something. And in this house, in her current situation, there's not really anything that's directly making her feel annoyed or mad. It's the fact that there's nothing making her feel annoyed or mad that's making her feel that way. Yeah, she's living in this utopia where Jane and Bing have nothing to argue about and she even feels betrayed by Caroline for not being a very confrontational person. And really the only person who makes her feel uncomfortable is Darcy. And Mm -hmm. really that's only, it's not like they fight or are, like it's not like he heaps his problems upon her the way that Lydia does or the way that her mother does. It's just like, He'll have a snide comment and she's learning to just brush those aside. But now she's starting to make his confrontational personality her security blanket. She's like clinging on to everything he says just to like have some bit of normalcy for herself because that's what she views as normal. And it's weird because... You know, maybe this could hypothetically be the part of Jane and Bing's relationship where they're no longer in the honeymoon phase. And right. this is where they're supposed to start having problems. And this is where they're supposed to realize that they're much more different than they thought they were. But that's not happening. Or maybe it is happening, but because both of them are so non-confrontational, they don't address it. I think it's like this is where kind of the seed of their problems start to begin, where... As much as they're talking, it's all very surface level. Mm-hmm. So we don't know like how deep their conversations are going. Yeah. And like we don't know how happy they are really with each other. They're just like, yay, we like each other. We're attracted to each other. We're going to like date forever. Yay. I just know that it's funny that the first nice thing Lizzie has to say about Darcy is that he's dependable. Not in a realistic way, but he's you can depend on his confrontation tendencies and to prove it she and Caroline engage in what I think is some very hilarious costume theater I loved Caroline's impression of her brother Darcy put the laptop away no one else is working it's weird man and I also loved that she admits to having a stellar hair day which if we're gonna be honest is every day right (laughs) and Caroline has never had a bad hair day and she's like no hats no hats but Lizzie's got the doctor headband which she refuses to wear, but still includes in the costume theater by, like, holding it on her hand. And I just love it. I think Caroline has been looking forward to costume theater, and so she finally gets to participate, and she does this impression of her brother. I think, I'm not sure if it was, like, a really great impression or a bad impression, (laughs) but either way, I really enjoyed it, because, like, just her face holding the headband, it was great. But there's a bit of Caroline complaining about Darcy with... Lizzie. I don't know if she's really complaining about Darcy or she's just trying to like get Lizzie to keep complaining about him. It's one of those things that comes up with her these slight manipulation tactics that are starting to show a bit more. Oh yeah. No, she's like I said, she's gaslighting Lizzie. She's encouraging her to say nasty things about Darcy. It's interesting because we know Caroline is interested in Darcy. Not Mm -hmm. from anything that she said, but we can just tell that she feels this sort of possession of him. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder if Caroline, like when every time that Lizzie 
complains about Darcy or brings up an obvious negative thing about his personality, does Caroline actually agree with Lizzie and she sees it and she's like, finally someone is saying this, but like, I have to act like I don't really know what she's talking about to appear like I'm appeasing her? Or does she actually not think these are bad traits just because she's been around him for so long and she's like, well, yeah, classic Darcy. I think both to a degree because she's putting on that front of, oh yeah, he's horrible. But on the inside, she's like, I under- completely understand his point of view because I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But she can't show that side to Lizzie because then she's not going to have Lizzie's trust anymore. She won't be able to be in these videos. She won't be able to like have blackmail on her. So yeah. she is like, she's playing both sides of it. She's playing the field. And another interesting thing that I've noticed in these videos, then I think it's time to talk about it. Caroline's got this evil little wave, this little fingery like... <laughs> Queen of England finger sandwich wave that she does to the camera every time. Like, every time they're sort of addressing Charlotte, you know? Yeah. Like, it's usually when someone walks in or they're talking about somebody. It's it's almost like she's waving to her future self, like, remember how brilliant we are when we gaslighted Lizzie into ranting about everything that's happening in her life? Right, because Bing walks in, the adorable puppy who still thinks they're recording video letters to Charlotte. Adorable. And Caroline completely goes along with it, almost like not really winking at Lizzie, but like, yeah, let us just Charlotte and does that little evil wave. Yep. This is actually a part of the episode that I have trouble wrapping my head around because we get into this conflict that I feel has not much, doesn't really have anything to do with the story. And I don't, I honestly don't remember this part going back. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if it had any significance in future episodes. I think it's just one of those things to show how Caroline is coming off as like helping Lizzie. But really she's just, everything she's doing is to benefit her own selfish needs. And this whole car situation and going to wine tasting they're originally supposed to go in a convertible in darcy's rented convertible but instead they're getting a town car so they can all five of them fit together in the car and go together caroline's sort of making a big deal like well wait no we're supposed to take the convertible that was the plan let's stick with it lizzie doesn't want to go so let's leave (laughs) it's sort of a very intricate argument Because, like, let's unpack this. They were going to use the convertible because Jane was sick and obviously not going to go. Does that imply that they were going to leave her behind? Because I feel like Bing isn't a guy to leave her behind. Would it just have been Darcy and Lizzie and Caroline? That would have been interesting. It's like a bachelor two-on-one date. Maybe it would have been kind of process of elimination then. It would have just been Caroline and Darcy. I think maybe Caroline was hoping for that, where... Obviously, Bing's not going to go if Jane's sick, so he's going to stay behind. And Lizzie won't want to be a third wheel, so she's not going to join along. So it'll just be me and Darcy going wine tasting. That was the dream. But then Jane got better and they ruined (laughs) everything. So they had to get a town car and all of her plans are ruined. But now, at least in this scenario, it is kind of like a double date. Plus Lizzie. (laughs) Or plus Caroline. Plus Caroline. Yeah, well, no, because Lizzie doesn't end up going. That's right, but... But here's the thing, here's here's sort of the third part of this argument, is it seemed like it was always the plan that the five of them would go. Bing seems to be under the impression that Lizzie is coming. So it becomes this weird, intricate argument about convertible versus town car versus whether or not Lizzie should accompany them to 
go wine tasting. And while I'm glad we unpacked this argument, I'm still left wondering, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Like, what was the point of all of this? I don't know. Margaret Dunlap, if you're listening, we <laughs> would love to have you on the show. And we'd actually love to ask you these questions in person about what the significance of this fight is between town car versus convertible versus Lizzie attending. Because, like, I guess the only thing I can imagine is it shows that Caroline is super desperate to get close to Darcy and she's more yeah. than happy to push Lizzie out of the picture. But I just feel like this argument has a lot of moving parts that don't ultimately contribute to the progression of the story. And then we get this, like, bit of news at the end where Lizzie just drops the news that Darcy stares at her. Every time I'm in a room with that man, he stares at me constantly. It's like I'm a traffic accident and he just can't look away. Again, like, Lizzie just not picking up on any signs. <laughs> well, it's... But, um, also, like, she doesn't like this guy. They don't like each other. And she's like, he just keeps staring at me. What's going on? I was gonna say, to defend Lizzie... Yeah. Like, I feel like the whole point of Pride and Prejudice is there's this huge miscommunication between their mm -hmm. feelings about one another. Once we get to know Darcy as a person, we see that these signals are really obvious. But I will say that, you know, you can be stared at by a person without them being interested in dating yeah. you. Like, I can see it as a... And we don't know if he's, like, if it's, like, a longing stare. Like, like if in the, I don't think it is. <laughs> in, in the miniseries Pride and Prejudice, like, when Elizabeth and Darcy are finally starting to get along and Elizabeth rushes to Georgiana's side to turn the page to help her play the piano when someone mentions George Wickham's name. Like, Colin Firth just gives her this long longing puppy dog stare like this woman is so perfect like i don't think that's the kind of soft faced stare that darcy no. is giving her i think he's like i mean i mean <laughs> the rest of the world can't see so just, right i'm trying to think of a pop culture reference to like the staring maybe from like young frankenstein how the guy igor has the eyes that like pop out in opposite okay. direction like maybe it's like that like it's that. she's like what like is his problem? What is he staring at? Like, I don't think he's got a longing expression on his face. No. Is this the only sign that we think that makes us believe Darcy is interested in her? I mean, it, he's being very confrontational, but it sounds like he's like that to everybody, not just women he's interested in. As far as in the main episodes, no. I don't, I don't think we've really seen any other signs that he's like, purposefully running into Lizzie or he's like seeing her out. He doesn't ever come by the room. So it's not like there's many signs that we have to go off of. Yeah. I think it's sort of during this part of the story where he realizes that he's interested in her because mm -hmm. we've gone over the list. Um, he's spending a lot of time with her. He sees her personality. Like he's sort of just become comfortable because he's not comfortable around strangers. Lizzie's been a stranger therefore she's been totally off limits to him. And yeah. now that He's familiar with her, he likes what he sees, and he's slowly coming to grips with that and screwing it up every step of the way. <laughs> Going into episode 32, Turn About the Room, written by Bernie Sue. This is just directly taken from Pride and Prejudice. Basically, copy, paste, modernize the language, boom. I feel like it's not even all that modernized, because Caroline is throwing phrases like, Would it not? shocking was it not like i feel like we could make a supercut of caroline's pride and prejudice isms and so at the beginning of this episode caroline comes in 
and tries to convince Lizzie to get worked up about this event that happened or this like situation that happened earlier that day or the previous day. Lizzie is like completely over it. She's fine with whatever happened, but Caroline is really trying to push her to be angry about it. Mm -hmm. And we see that sort of escalate throughout this episode to the point where at the end, Lizzie is genuinely upset at Darcy again for no reason. Yeah, no, we see Caroline's manipulation at its finest. Like this episode was never going to happen in Lizzie's mind. There's no point to this episode But Caroline made it happen. Yeah, and like that's actually, I think that's like a very clever take on the book is that, you know, theoretically, like this wasn't even an event that was worth talking about to Lizzie. Mm -hmm. But because Caroline is trying to egg her on and trying to make her publicly bash Darcy, she had to bring this up, which is interesting because I feel like for a long time, Lizzie was looking for any excuse. To hate Darcy. Like, if you had been like, hey, I heard Darcy was, like, reading to children in the hospital today. (laughs) Like, she would have come up with a reason as to why that was diabolical. And she's mellowing out. She's like, I wasn't going to talk about this, but yeah, it was weird. I wasn't offended, but it was weird. Given this was basically taken from the text, let's compare of how it actually sounded in the book from chapter 11 of Pride and Prejudice. Sure. Caroline starts off by saying, Miss Eliza Bennet, let me persuade you to follow my example and take a turn about the room. I assure you it is very refreshing after sitting so long in one attitude. He was directly invited to join their party, but he declined it, observing that he could imagine but two motives for their choosing to walk up and down the room together, with either of which motives his joining them would interfere. What could he mean? She was dying to know what could be his meaning, and asked Elizabeth whether she could at all understand him? Not at all, was her answer, but depend upon it, he means to be severe on us, and our surest way of disappointing him will be to ask nothing about it. So, here's what's interesting about that whole bit. Basically, from here on out, it's a dialogue about, you know, Darcy says his usual thing, like, if the first you mean to, like, tell secrets to each other and I'm going to get in your way. If the second, it means you're, like, conscious of your figures and you're, like, walking around the room for exercise and I could admire the view better from here. What's interesting, as far as a literary perspective is concerned, that whole block of text about from Elizabeth being surprised to Darcy just saying they've only got two motives, none of that is dialogue. That is all the narrator relaying this information to us unconsciously. So, like, we don't know, like, no script can be written. There's no actual dialogue that takes place there. Okay. Like, because think about it. Think about how famous this scene is in every Pride and Prejudice adaptation. The words are always going to be different because it's it's literally like saying it about what happened, which was kind of like a new way of writing back then. And so we have to now, because like we, we talk a lot about perspectives and point of view on this podcast. And this is definitely Caroline and Lizzie, like remembering it. Like it, they're depending on their perspectives to relay this information. Yeah. And that's true for a lot of what we see in this adaptation is mm-hmm. we are only getting the story of what happened. We're not actually seeing these events unfold or if things were really awkward, we're only hearing that perspective from Lizzie, from Caroline, from all these different characters. This was awkward or this wasn't as bad as Lizzie thought it was. 
And especially with this, with the turn about the room, with Caroline like really bringing it up and trying to hype up Lizzie and getting mad, we don't know how weird of a... I mean, Lizzie herself is like, it wasn't a big deal. That's why I'm not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But Caroline tries to make it a big deal and like really wants to focus in on this thing that wasn't that important. And also that was a thing that Caroline initiated this turn about the room yeah caroline is all of a sudden drinking that darcy flavored haterade (laughs) like she's been almost defending him for a long time but now she's forcing like almost like forcing this hate out of lizzie the dialogue that was used however in this episode was kind of pretty much cut and paste because when Darcy does his spiel about you either choose this method of passing the evening because you are in each other's confidence and have secret affairs to discuss, or because you are conscious that your figures appear to the greatest advantage in walking. If the first, I should be completely in your way. And if the second, I can admire you much better as I sit by the fire. And Caroline's first words are, Oh, shocking! And Caroline, in our Lizzie Bennet diaries, says, Oh, shocking, was it not? Either way, Caroline is shocked. <laughs> and it's funny, because actually she's not shocked, because she's orchest- she's like the puppet master. She's orchestrating this whole thing. She knows that walking around the room is a weird thing to do. It's- I'm yeah. glad to hear that it's as, as weird in the early 1800s as it is now, because people don't just do that. And it- it's interesting to hear that, you know, Caroline is the one who said, let's do this weird thing that's going to get Darcy's attention. And then... When he talks about our possible motives, let's laugh at him, and that'll get his attention. I, yeah, I guess it's like weird, like elementary school, like schoolgirls who yeah. like walk arm in arm, like link, like by by their crush, and like see if he notices. But they're adults; they're adult women doing the same thing and like trying to get his attention, even though they're like living in the same house. I think Caroline is at her wit's end with Darcy. Yeah. I think she was pulling this crap when they were in school. I'm sure she had many a friend. I'm sure she, like... I can see Caroline as someone who wants to have a bunch of best friends who are, like, not as pretty as her. And so she walks next to them like, hey, her or me? Her or me? And she's, like, led Darcy to believe his whole life, like, it's me or someone else who's less attractive. Those are your options. And now that he's actually interested in someone, she's like, okay, how... How am I going to be the one to get his attention? And so she's like taking Lizzie, the girl he's actually interested in and who I suspect she suspects knows that he's interested in Lizzie. She's like dragging her along and trying to be the witty one. Caroline, this entire episode is like trying to act like the audience where she's sort of giving her immediate reactions to everything that's happening do you intentionally misunderstand people? Completely, totally ridiculous. I hate him. I hate his stupid, judgy little blah. But it's really not our reactions. We're like, this doesn't seem like a big deal. But Caroline's like, it was a big deal. It was shocking. It was this. It was that. And she's trying to project something on Lizzie that isn't true to how Lizzie's feeling, but she makes Lizzie feel that because she's so manipulative that we don't, that Lizzie doesn't notice it. Exactly. And you know what? Caroline did get some validation out of this interaction because she got Darcy to admit like, one of the reasons you're walking around is because you guys are cute and I can have a better view of you from where I'm sitting. Like this is, I feel like the first confirmation Caroline's ever gotten that, like, Darcy, like, even though she knows she's beautiful, yeah. she needs to hear it from Darcy. And this is, like, 
Even though she's, like, lumped in with Lizzie. She's sharing the compliment. She's sharing the compliment, which is not an easy thing for Caroline. No. And it's somewhat validating, you know? Like, she clearly went into this situation thinking, hmm, how can I get Darcy's attention? How can I get him to tell me that I'm pretty and that eventually we're going to be together? Uh, I'm just going to do this weird thing where we walk around the room. <laughs> and it And weird it was. What's interesting, though, is I feel like Darcy's not interested in Caroline because she doesn't challenge him. She's, I mean, Lizzie's saying it herself. She's not confrontational. She thought she'd be more confrontational, but she's not. She's manipulative. She's like the puppet strings person. And I feel like slowly but surely we're going to learn that that's not what Darcy needs. Yeah. And at the end, Caroline says, well, don't you feel better now that you got that all out there? And now that like for your viewers and Lizzie's like, yeah, I do feel better. (laughs) Thanks, Caroline. You're always looking out for me. Yeah, she's like, Darcy shouldn't say that stuff to you. And she's like, no, he shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. So we will continue to see Caroline's manipulation at work. But we we slowly but surely are seeing more of it come out in still subtle ways, but they're becoming more obvious to the audience. Yeah, this is definitely the most blatant Caroline manipulation tactic that we've seen so far. Because... At first, it's like, oh, hey, Lizzie, how's it going? I just, like, happened to come visit you while you're filming. Whereas she straight up hijacks this whole episode. Like, they turn on the camera. She's already sitting next to her saying, I know this is Lizzie Bennet's web series, but we have to tell you about what happened. And it's, like, bitter disappointment. (laughs) Yeah, it's not in the same spirit of when Lydia takes over the videos or when Charlotte does it for her own good, too. This isn't a very... It was premeditated. Yes, it was It was done in a different way. Going to comments now, starting with episode 31. First comment by I Am Your Nugget, who says, hey. Smiley face. Smiley face. Don't forget the smiley face. Oh, yeah. Just to be quiet, 18 says, William Darcy, good for something like marrying. Uh. Marrying in a wedding, in a Lizzie Bennet wedding. Ashley Clements, if you'd like us, if you'd like to send us the PDF to your script. If we get cameos. You can cut that out. If we get cameos in the Lizzie Bennet wedding, if it's like a real thing, Mm -hmm. we could be the ones officiating the wedding. (gasps) Is that a thing? Can two people officiate a wedding? We'll make it a thing. I just, I think it's important. One of us can get ordained and we can, the other can just like hold the candles or whatever, the the Bible or whatever. Whatever people hold at at weddings. I think it's important to acknowledge that Hank Green, who created this show, has acknowledged us as his Gilmore guys, who famously, well, not famously, because they're famous, but not that famous, but (laughs) they got cameos in the Gilmore Girls reboot. Yeah. We at least could be, like, we could be guests at the wedding, you know? Exactly. We'll be in our hats. In our dresses. If there's like a say yes to the dress scene, we'll be like the consultants. The sales girls. I've worked in retail. (laughs) I'm ready, Ashley Clements. I know that life. We can do stuff. We could be, I mean, what else happens in a wedding? Like cake tasters? Flower girls. Well, I've I've been a flower girl before. I've not been. So this would be my shot. (laughs) Do not throw away your shot. So, Ashley, we're still waiting on that PDF. <laughs> Feel free. Email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Exactly. Abby T says, can we meet Darcy soon? I want to know what he looks like. Like, the mystery is killing me. 
And if I die, then I can't watch your videos. I mean, very logical. It's very logical reasoning, so. I I agree. I should have to wait, like, a bunch more episodes. Yes. Like, 28 more episodes, but. Maya Baker says, where is Darcy? 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 And she says that for, like, a lot more. And then she says, come on, Lizzie. So much talk of Darcy, and we still have no idea what he looks like. RPG Grenade says, I'm straight. I swear, I'm a straight guy. But I want Bing to ravage me. WTF is the wrong with my sexuality. Oh. RPG Grenade. Nothing is wrong with your sexuality. (laughs) We're all interested in Bing Lee. (laughs) I love that comment so much. Shauna is a zombie says, wait, if Caroline wanted to have a good hair day and refused to wear a hat, then why was she so adamant about the convertible? (gasps) Caroline, what are you up to? That is intriguing. is she's having a great hair day it's got like pins in it so like it's gotta stay exactly as is plus it's just like silky and smooth and the wind would definitely ruin her hair so yeah what is she plotting here interesting juxtaposition doesn't help with the car conversation or argument no once again margaret dunlap email (laughs) us at the pemberley podcast at gmail.com to let us know if anything we're talking about has ground here. <laughs> Does the defense hold water? Comments for episode 32. First comment by Sophia L. Who says, yay, new one. Enlightening. The techie girl says, it's a trap, Lizzie. Star Wars reference, of course. Star Trek. <gasps> I can hear the fans erupting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you're right. It was Star. I mean, I've only seen the reboot movies, and I'm like, (laughs) I cannot claim any fandom to Star Trek. Klaus Lopu says, Hey, guys, 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 what if it is Caroline, the one who shows Darcy the video diaries? What if she does it so he's angry at Lizzie, Charlotte, and Jane? Shocking and diabolical theories. More theories. But theories. Th- this theory has been coming up quite a bit where people think Caroline is doing this all on purpose to show Darcy or send him the link and be like, enjoy. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it seems like the most obvious explanation. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor says, run away, Lizzie. I see Netherfield is clouding your judgment. Go back to the crazy mother. She's just trying to get you married. Caroline is definitely up to something much, well, scarier yeah we all know it her mom's just trying to get her married get her into a good household mm-hmm. set for life mm-hmm. with a rich single man yeah who knows what caroline's up to yeah nike agxy says lizzie i haven't even read the book and i can tell caroline is just trying to increase your hatred of darcy because of some hidden motive If I had to guess, I'd say she likes him and he likes you, and she's trying to make sure that you and he never end up together. So that's a thing. Be aware. I love all the conspiracy theories that are coming to fruition in this episode. Arise says, Darcy, when Caroline does show you this, please disregard everything Lizzie says. She is induced to temporary (laughs) insanity. Don't mistake her obsession with you for disliking. People only get that wound up over people they can't stop thinking about. Also, please note that Caroline is manipulative as hell. (gasps) Oh, 
this. So uh, I like this comment because it's a future comment to Darcy, who will be rewatching these, who will be watching these videos in the future. And then he's going to be like scrolling through comments. And he's like, oh, Ari Sace, great commentary. I like this. <laughs> no, I love that this is another one of those comments that is talking to the characters. But a and character she, that we haven't even seen yet. Exactly. She's defending Lizzie, saying like, don't listen to her. She's just temporarily crazy. So we continue, at least for the foreseeable future, to be another field. And we'll see when we finally break free of that. Still at Netherfield. Happy Valentine's Day. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions or actually comments, if you want to email us that PDF, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely, Ashley Clements. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.